And that's where I left the podium. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less from an FBI holding cell that I cannot disclose its location. I am Adam Johnson. From behind a screen watching you do all that in Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. So, um, yeah, you're gonna need to back up and give a little background to that one. Uh, <laughs> so for those of you who are not in the States, um, there, uh, there was the, a slight insurrection, Just a, a, a uh, mild coup held at the capital of our country last week. Yeah. And there was a very famous now infamous photo of a gentleman, um, a cheerful walking. fellow. It's, he's, yes, he was clearly very, happy, happy guy. Very, just as happy as he can be, walking out of the Capitol with Nancy Pelosi's podium. Yep. Waving. Yes. Is, again, just cheerful. Couldn't be happier. Like, I want to take that guy and for a beer. No, turns I'm, out. I'm not sure I do, actually. Yeah. But. Turns out his name is Adam Johnson, too. Yeah. And he got arrested. Um, and all of. All the people that I know that saw that definitely let me know about it. So I did. My week. I did. Very next day, I was like, how's that podium working for you? Yeah. I was like, get your own. <laughs> no, no. What you said was great. Do you remember what you said? Oh, oh, okay. Now, yeah, it was the profiling. It was profiling. Like, hey, that's profiling. We don't all look alike. That's right. Even though I definitely favor that guy. Yeah. He's, uh... He's another long-haired, red-headed person. <sighs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think I've got my, all my, my situations all put away? That's right. Yeah, can't be uh, waving the redheaded Adam Johnsonness around these days. Yeah, but I also can't shave now because he shaved his beard off. So that's the only differentiating factor I've got right now. Was that a hiding from the from the from the the man move? It seemed like a lot of those guys decided to shave off their beards the that. next day. I did notice that. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Crazy. Speaking of hair, you you got yourself a little situation back there. For those, those of you um, watching on the live stream or some other way to see this visually later. Um, yeah, I haven't seen my barber since uh, my February, actually. And so, yes, things have gotten a bit lengthy back here. And I actually have it back in a ponytail to get it off my neck because it's too crazy. Uh, crazy. For the first time since at, back in 2001, I cut a ponytail that went down to my waist. And um, I've had very short hair ever since then. And this is literally the longest my hair has been in 20 actual years. Wow. So that's where we're at. And I'm enjoying it. And the the, the women folk who inhabit my house with me um, all like it and would have a problem if I cut it. So that's where we're at. Most most good things in my life came from listening to women. So, you know. There you go. There you go. So I played a gig this past Come week. Come on. I, it's true. And it was, there was a dinosaur involved. Well, multiple dinosaurs. Sweet. So um, I, I actually, it was one of the few, I hadn't done this in a while, but uh, went live on uh, the Instagram account just to kind of show mm. the walkthrough of the, uh, the playing space. Um, but yeah, the, a trio configuration of what we were calling members only, which was kind of more of a, the standard like event band um, played a pri- it wasn't a private event per se, but it was a ticketed event um, at a museum in, uh, in the Atlanta area called Fernbank Science Museum. Um, and their main atrium is this giant brick three story structure that happens to have uh, a brontosaurus and a T-Rex uh, big skeletons as the backdrop. So that's where we were actually set up. Um, it was an interesting situation um, for a number of reasons. Uh, first off, it was sold out, which was cool. 
Uh, second of all, this was a uh, our first gig as a trio with this lineup. Um, it was the first time doing uh, the show through Ableton. It was also the first time we ever did a show with uh, V-Drums. Mm. And last but certainly not least, it's the first gig I ever sang in a mask. How'd that go? I mean, I have, um, I have how'd that goes about most of the things you just said, but let's start with that one. How'd that go singing in a mask? It was challenging. Yeah. But not, it, it was simultaneously not as bad and considerably worse than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, one of the upsides of the the setup that I had was I was uh, using my Shure Super 55 microphone, which, you know, from a sound standpoint, is just a Beta 58 in a very big closure, but it also has a very large diaphragm, mm-hmm. which means that, you know, any of the thing that we could have potentially lost to the mask was actually not really that noticeable. Good. And um, that one being very plosive, having a mask as a pop filter actually might have been like a an improvement. That's cool. So um, there was definitely moments where I was like, hey, I can't really breathe very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, the, it really, really kind of came to a head during Ice Ice Baby. Because uh, you got to, you know, you're sucking some air trying to get those, those, uh, those verses out. And um, in the second set, what we opted to do was during the break, we there were tables kind of in the um, exact vicinity of where we were performing, and we moved them mm. back about five to six more feet than they were. Yeah. And I did take the mask off for the second half of the, the, the show. Yeah, good. Um, so I did it both ways. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. For but sure. the point is, you, you got through it. You, you, it was workable. Mm-hmm. It can be done. Yeah, good. Good. And then V-Drums, how'd that go? So the V-Drum situation was we were doing, um, we were doing the Roland SPD 30, Mm -hmm. which is the standard, what you would like when you think of an Octopad, that is that one, um, with the, with like a kick trigger and a hi-hat controller, um, and then a snare pad kind of below. So it was, it, it had a bit of a, you know, tactile feel to it. And this has been a thing that we have been trying to get to like get into for a while and um, our drummer, I would say, was resistant mm-hmm. to the idea. Um, and in this case, we ended up borrowing the gear from somebody just because it, was, it wasn't it was going to be tenable with live drums in that room. It just wasn't sure. going to happen. And I think he saw, he, he understood that. And then he actually did the gig. And um, he was the first person loaded out. And I think that was all he really needed to <laughs> Sold. Because <laughs> that's the first time in history that's ever been the case. Right, right. So he is currently in the process of offloading some gear and buying a rig like that so that we can do more of these like that. Okay. Yeah, you, so you, it, you told me about the, time. the physical space there would be very, very ringy, all glass and metal and yeah. brick and whatnot. And just yeah, not ideal. Hard to deal with. But what we were able to do, because everybody was running direct, we were able to basically run at like, you know, background music level. Mm-hmm. So somebody could stand at a, you know, at a, at a high top, you know, a couple, you know, 10, 15 feet away and still carry on a conversation yeah. and not be outrageous. That is, that is what becomes possible when you use V drums is that you can, you can dial it into uh, a low level and still have a reasonable mix. Uh, you know, the control that it gives you is, is pretty, pretty great. I, I, I can echo the experience. My drummer is um, not a fan of gigging them. Um, he has quite a good set that um, until recently lived in the storage unit, mostly to practice mm-hmm. with. Um, and there've been times it was like unavoidable, clearly the right choice, but I, I do feel like there's an energy to 
acoustic real drums that you just don't get from electronics, but that's the trade-off, right? Control versus yeah. energy. I think that's kind of fundamentally what you're, what you're choosing between with those. Well, but it's also a consistency thing. You know, yes. he was like, yes. man, my kick sounded great and I didn't have to do anything to it. Right. Right. And you know, I had as much of it as I needed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, you know, th- there's going to be trade-offs, but in that particular um, instance, it was an improvement. And I think he, once he kind of like got in and started like editing the thing and he was like, oh, it can do this. Oh, it can do that. And he, he, he was like, man, the, the wheels started turning and I kind of realized, oh, this, this seems like kind of a slam dunk yeah. kind of yeah. thing. And it's so it's tactically it less this. fun to play. Like it doesn't feel as fun to play. Um, sure. And that's, that's valid. I choose guitars cause they're fun to play. It, you know, I'm not talking that down, um, yeah. but that's part of the trade-off is that versus a lot of control. Um, yeah. And it, you know, in, in our case with the, with the whole eighties component, you know, being able to load samples and have, yeah. cause what he can then do is he can take that rig and put it with his full acoustic rig and then have yes. this very versatile, very, yes. you know, fun option to have, you know, digital like kicks and, and, you know, digital hi-hats and side sticks and that kind of thing along with the you know, acoustic stuff as well. Yeah. Hybrid kits like that really are so powerful. It's pretty amazing what yeah. you can do. And, you know, the, a lot of people use the SPD SXs, but the SPD 30s have a bit more IO flexibility and they, they are most certainly more uh, rugged. Mm. They tend to hold up better. So cool. Yeah. I mean, it, all around it, you know, it, it had its challenges. We had some issues with the power in the room. Mm. Um, I had to dial it. I had to like dial like some crazy gate on my HX stomp because I was getting some really weird high end 4k something mm. that was just co- going in through the wires somewhere that we finally, you know, got to a manageable state. But, you know, other than that, it, it went really well. The client was super pleased. We played a lot of songs we don't normally play and, you know, the crowd really, seem to enjoy it and you know hopefully they'll have us back sometime that's great that's great did you have fun and you know now we have this trial yeah i had a blast it was that's great. great that's awesome that's awesome these days like you know we don't how have... was the payday i don't care Jeff fun yeah that i care about yeah yeah yep so you know we don't have anything else in the books for the immediate future right. but um you know we, we we got one in in the beginning of the year and i made sure we let everybody know about it put it on our socials and, you know, send it out in our mailing list, you know, just wanted to make sure that people are like, Hey, we are open for business, even though things are kind of weird and, you know, we're not going to be able to do everything, but there are certain things that we do feel comfortable doing. And if that's something you're interested in doing, hit us up. Yep. So, yep. Good. Good. How about you? What have what you been up to, man? Uh, you're looking at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a kind of an intense work week. So I've been, um, doing that. I will tell you one thing that I did. So, New year, new me. Um, yeah. I, I spent 2020 essentially eating my feelings and uh, something needs to be done. So what I did for, for Christmas, I bought myself a treadmill. I, I have mm-hmm. a, a desk here, motorized standing desk that will rise up and down and it's pretty great. Um, and I bought a treadmill that'll slide right under it at full height. And the last week I have been doing one to two hours a day of pretty good fast walk. Um, as I work, you know, getting stuff done and getting my steps in and it's been great. I've actually really loved it. So yeah, that's been good. It's not music related, but I think, you know, fitness and well being is all part of it. So yeah. Um, you know, if we're on the self help kick, I started doing something, um, the first of January that 
you know, I think is just, it's made me feel better. And I know that it's kind of been like a good positive influence around other people, but I just put a reminder in my phone that says every day at 9 a.m., reach out to somebody in your contact list and tell them you value them. Nice. And so every day I just send a text message or some, a DM to somebody that I'm friends with and just say, Hey, you know, the world's a better place because you're in it or, you know, something more specific, but, um, it's been, it's been great. That's good. Makes them feel good. Makes me feel good. And, yeah, like you know, it. it's, it's fostering relationships with your network and all good things. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I think what we, we have, have, what we have to talk about today is mostly gear oriented, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a big gear week. Um, it's so big that we opted to go ahead and create a stinger for it. So it's time for No Nam Announcement. That's the No Nam Announcement, considering there is no Nam this year. Uh, we figured we'd go ahead and uh, start talking about gear as it comes out. Here, let's hear it again. No Nam Announcement. That's nice. That's you like pitched it. down, right? It is. Nice. It's all me. Yeah, Everything. I love it. The Wheatley so, Wee, the Wheatley Wee, is that you? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. And the drumming program, you know, I can do it all, man. Programmed it. You're just like a pro over there. It's like making content. Just cranking out all the things. I love it. So. No announcement. There it is. There it is. Uh, this week, the primary dropper of uh, announcements was Fender Company. Like the, Fender, the whole Fender group as a whole. They have... Um, Fender, basically their entire, every single product line under the Fender umbrella uh, announced their new instruments this week. And man, if I, I've, I've been, I've been seriously impressed with what I have seen so far. Now, have you had a chance to check any of these out? Not in a lot of depth. You, you have, you have heads up to me that there was something big going on and I peeked at it and it kind of looked like a, I didn't look at it deep enough. It looked to me like a refresh of kind of existing stuff. And I, I didn't get sort of the um, what it is you're excited about. So just yeah. lay it on me. Let's, let's do this. So I think one of the things that I was reading about is that, you know, the Fender as a, as a whole is looking to provide a, a guitar for every budget. And I think that they have really, out of all of the different, you know, big music companies, I think they've really managed to do that. Mm. So I've seen all different lines of stuff with guitars as cheap as like 350 bucks going all the way up to like 2,500. Um, all of them super interesting, kind of compelling arguments for all different kinds of stuff. You know, you know, starting up towards the top, you've got the Fender 75th anniversary stuff, um, all the commemorative with like gold finishes and that kind of thing. And that's, that's all well and good. Those are quote unquote collector's pieces. Uh, but pretty traditional stuff, you know, you're not going to get anything, not, not a lot of curveballs there. Um, but there's been a lot of other really interesting ones. Um, the American Ultra Lux series uh, looked really, really interesting. The one that really stood stood out for me was the uh, the Telecaster with the Floyd Rose. So it's a dual humbucker uh, Tele with a Floyd Rose uh, bridge. It looks super cool, and you know, it it's you know it's very metal. So big fan of that. Mm. Um, and then they from from that line they have the squire line which is kind of they've got this whole contemporary uh squires sorry squire has this whole contemporary line which is in the roughly to 
350 to 400 $500 range, yeah. which has these really cool, cool finishes, um, you know, strats with humbuckers with like, they're kind of with offset placement, painted headstocks. They look really, really slick mm. and um, very, very affordable. Um, you know, the other one that I was really in, interested in is the Noventa series, um, which are basically just fenders with P90s in them. Huh. But the Noventa Telecaster is literally a single P90, like chopped bridge, like no frills. Just straight bare knuckles. And I was Rock like, and roll telly. That's pretty badass. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, it's, they've got one in blonde and it, it just looks awesome. Cool. And I am all about it. That's cool. I have absolutely no need for one. Um, right. I had right. a single P90 Les Paul Jr. And I never used it, yeah. but I sure do think it's cool. Yeah. Oh, speaking of things that you think is cool, you, you had, you know, mentioned the whole hard luck Kings guitar thing. I'm over it. You're over it? Yeah. Yeah. Just as quickly as it came, it passed. You know, um, I'll find something shiny. It was the shiny. It was, the, it was just that it was shiny. That's all I cared about. So uh, yeah. uh, somehow the fact of that being silly uh, landed on my head and now uh, I've moved on. But, you know, that's the nature of gear acquirement syndrome. It's, you know, you, you get swept up in the need for something and then you realize the need is not such a need. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are, the, those are the fenders that really stuck stu- uh those are the fenders that really stuck out uh, as far as their uh, their you know their new offerings for 2021. But the thing about Fender is that they own a lot of different companies, mm. so there's plenty more to talk about. The next line I want to talk about is the EVH line. So for those of you who didn't know, yeah. Fender does own uh, the Eddie Van Halen signature stuff. They run all of that. And what a year uh, to re-up all that. Yeah. You couldn't so, not, sort of. You, yeah. You'd have to. And so they released a brand new model called the, uh, the 5150 series, which is basically, um, the kind of super strat that we're all kind of accustomed to, uh, with, with more modern appointments. So it's got like, it's the profile and form factor of the original kind of EVH signature with all the electronics and doodads of the, the more modern ones. So, uh, the one that I was really into was the uh, the, the hot 5150 pink. standard in hot pink. Hot pink. Um, it's got dual humbuckers, kill switch, uh, all of the other appointments that uh, EVH guitars are known for. Yeah. And it's pink. It's real pink. <laughs> it's pankest. I am very, very excited about uh, getting my hands on one of those just to see what they're like. Yeah. Um, Have you ever played a guitar very... with a kill switch on board? Um. Yes. I Not like like long-term, but yeah. I've definitely tried a couple out. Um, the last one I remember, uh, this is probably 15 years ago. Uh, Jackson made a Scott Ian signature huh. that had a kill switch on it. It's just an and interesting, was, an interesting mod. I mean, I, I, um, it's one of those things I, yeah, I think I like the idea of, I'd probably use very rarely, but it seems like fun. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was playing a Les Paul, I normally did, you know, turn the, the, the neck humbucker down and do the little kill switch yeah, thing yeah. with the, with the toggle, uh, for different songs or whatever. Um, but it's just, it's, it's one of those kind of, it's the thing that you'll use if you have it. Right. It's like the same thing with like a Floyd Rose. Like if you have a Floyd Rose, you'll, you'll find, you'll ways die to, You will. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's there, you'll use it. Yeah. Um, they didn't, they, they had recently announced, EVH had re- recently announced some more kind of smaller form factor amps and stuff. We're not amp guys. We don't really yeah. get into that too much. So I'll just go ahead and move along. 
uh, to Gretsch. Now, Gretsch is one of those brands that I just, I, I really, really love. And the two that really stood out to me were the um, Vintage Select 89 Sparkle Jet in gold sparkle, which is kind of more of like an orange color. But um, what it, I'm pretty sure that's the one that Chris Cornell plays in the Black Hole Sun video. Yeah. I think that's what they were going for. Maybe kind of like a little mm. tip, tip of the hat uh, nod to him. And it's a gorgeous guitar. So, you know, can't go wrong there. And then the um, the Streamliner Center Block series is something that I've been really into as well. Uh, the Streamliner is kind of their, they've got their their budget model, which are like the, the Electromatics. And then the Streamliners are kind of a part of the Electromatics series, but it's got different pickups and slightly different configurations. And I think that the Streamliner Center Blocks are pretty cool yeah. uh, as far as, you know, modernish guitars with classic appointments that still kind of sound modern. And that's the thing about Gretsch. Like they, so they, they've, they've really cornered the vintage retro market without sacrificing modern quality. Right. It's well, it's yeah. And, and the thing about them that you, you really can appreciate is that if you want it that way, they'll give it to you that way. Yeah. But there's lots of different like flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, they, you know, a few years back, they started doing the players editions, which are, you know, the classic uh, silhouettes, your Falcons and your yeah. Panthers and stuff. But, you know, with more modern appointments, they had center blocks in them. So they're less prone to fading back and they have better tuning stability and, you know, locking machines and all of that kind of thing. So um, they are, they're going to meet you wherever you're at, you know, as far as style and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So big fan of both of those. And then the last one I want to drop him is from Jackson. Now, Jackson's dropped a whole bunch of stuff. You and I aren't really metal guys. Right. So, you know, the Marty Friedman signature probably isn't going to speak to us Not very so much. much. The one that really stood out to me, though, was a signature model from a metal guitar player, but it's Misha Mansoor's uh, <laughs> MJ signature, okay. which is basically, it, it's a, it's basically a, it's a, like a custom shop Strat. So it's a, it's a Daphne blue Strat with a, Daphne Blue um, uh, headstock, mm. Fender Silhouette, Jackson logo. Okay, with like this kind of caramelized maple fingerboard look to it. It looks, it looks kind of like the um, the higher end Japanese like Ibanez series, like their kind of Strat line, mm. but with a very with with I guess a more traditional silhouette. Cool, and it's got his signature humbuckers and stuff in it. And I, I'm sure it sounds gnarly. Yeah. and I remember following him that it was like um he had a custom shop version of it and i think they finally just got around to making a production line sure. version of it but that's one of those that's kind of like um to me kind of feels like taking like a toyota tercel and putting like a v8 in it it's the <laughs> yeah. it's the sleeper yeah it's the sleeper guitar so it looks like a dad guitar but like can totally shred right. so um all of those uh, are coming out and I'm pretty stoked on those. The other one that really I thought was very interesting was this little thing called the Mustang Micro. Now, if you look at the form factor, it is exactly the Nux Mighty Plug. <laughs> like exactly. It's the exact same thing. Um, curious to see what the sounds like uh, sounds are like on it. Um, but I was very uh, intrigued by the fact that they put out something in that kind of line of the market. So that's cool. So, yeah. Oh, it's talking about that. Um, Oliver started bass lessons this week. He ah, had his first lesson. And excellent. How'd that go? He likes it. You know, we're going to sign the contract with the teacher that says we're going to stick to it. Sweet. We'll just see how it goes. That's good. 
That's good. Listen, at risk of becoming like totally a uh, full on guitar episode, um, cause we're a cover band podcast, not just a guitar yeah. podcast, but we're both guitarists. But, so, um, uh, neural quad cortex land has gotten bonkers. Um, partially because we've just crossed the one year point since the pre-orders came on. And, um, in fact, my pre-order is a year and two days old. Oh. Um, they promised the, ma- the, the manual would drop this week and it hasn't okay. yet, but there's a day left. Um, and you know, if that slips, just add it to the pile. Um, sure. And you know, I, I, I am, I've done a lot of Kickstarter backing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not impatient <laughs> about these things. Good things must, 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 uh, you know, they'll come when they come. Um, yeah. it is nonetheless true that the market, the people who have pre-orders for quad cortexes, cortices, cortices, let's say cortices. Let's, I like it. Um, boy, there are some real impatient folks in that. And part of what's imagine. happened is that, um, Artists who are connected with neural DSP in some way or sponsored, maybe I'm not quite sure they do sponsorships, but connect, you know, like they have a relationship. Um, they already have them. They're starting to post content with them. They're starting to post reviews. Um, Pete Thorne posted, uh, uh, not a review, but like a little bit of a playthrough. So some very prominent sort of internet guitar people already have them. And some of the pre-order folks are losing their damn minds about that. Um, I was a first tier period or person. I should get it very first. Cause I put my money down to be very first in line. And you know, the fact that famous people are getting it before me is causing me to lose my entire nonsense. Well, fa- and famous being kind of a nominal term. Yeah, no, totally famous inside a tiny little postage stamp of space. I mean, you know, you and I are famous inside a really tiny postage stamp of space. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, the thing I would say to any people like that is just, breathe just breathe breathe because here's the thing in a year you will have the device and love mm-hmm. it and the angst or, or hate it and or hate it, sold it but it'll be decided and yeah. the angst you're putting yourself through right now will not have mattered i if anything uh, I, if i've learned anything as an american going from like november of 2020 till like now is you got to save your outrage outrage for where it matters and this is not a place where it matters not a place at all. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you getting bent out of shape doesn't get it in your hands any faster. No, so, no, not at all. No, no, good internet drama feeds your. Speaking of ooh, ooh, that's a that's a great transition. Oh, let's let's talk it. about internet drama. Okay, good. Moving along, the craziest thing that I have seen in a very long time that you sent to me, yes, in it could potentially go down in history as the most famous reverb post ever. Yeah. Uh, earlier today, uh, our friend Josh from JHS Pedals put the first Klon Centaur ever made and sold on Reverb. Yeah. So we should back up and talk about Klon Centaur for the non-guitarists. Yes. Um, so. It's maybe the famous, most famous guitar pedal. I mean, right up. It's the most copied. It's the most sort of it's um, the pedal that launched launched a thousand ships and a thousand clones and a thousand you know and it's 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 an overdrive pedal it's a boost pedal and you put it before your gain stage and it pushes power into your gain stage in a way that is i will admit very very tasty yes um and a million copies of it have been made different models have come out that clone the circuitry and the approach and the 
tone and everything. And it's you can get a center, uh, you know, a clone, clone, clone clones, what they're called, yeah, um, or just a clone, or clone with a, K. with a K, right? Um, from a lot of different people. Uh, but this is apparently the very first one ever built. It's serial number two because the maker yes. held on to the serial number one to build one for himself later. But the very first one that yes. was built was number two, and it's presently for sale. And how much could you have it for, Adam? If you were interested in purchasing the very first Klon Centaur ever made from uh, Josh over at uh, JHS Pedals, it'll set you back a cool 500,000 US dollars. With free shipping. Uh, No, he'll actually, he will hand deliver it anywhere on the planet. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. (laughs) It's pretty great. Um, yeah, so it's obviously like collector value is the, the biggest part of that. But but there are people who, you know, you find original Klon Centaurs for one to 5,000. Yep. The, you know, that's kind of what they go yeah. for. Currently, the, 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 the interesting is that it's actually boosted the entire used market on Reverb. Yeah. Currently, the, the cheapest used one is $5,400, sure. which, again, we were talking about this a couple episodes back. It was, you know, it was... Eighteen hundred dollars, you know, just just a couple of years ago. Right. Um, I like the. Let's go ahead and read the the listing because it's it's you know delicious. It is so yeah. It's a, you know what it is. Yep. If you want the best clone, it's this clone. Bill built slash sold this number two first as he sat number one aside for himself and built it later. Because of the prices lately here on Reverb, I think this is a fair price for what it is. I only took one picture because that's good enough. <laughs> What you see is what you get. No box, nothing. Yeah. Just the pedal. Yeah. The pedal will be hand delivered by me in person to anywhere on earth for free. Yeah. Allow 30 days for me to clear my schedule and get it to you from the date of purchase. Buy it or don't. I don't really care. Yeah. yeah. And I will or I won't. I don't really care. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's great. It's great. You know, a lot of, a lot of um, gear guys are kind of saying this is basically like, peak pedal like we've come full circle like it doesn't you know the 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 layers have kind of collapsed onto each other and we we have just you know we've fallen through the wormhole yeah we we went after this it's like pedalception basically yeah but you know what he'll sell it i'm sure it'll get it'll get gone i have no doubt i have no doubt i'm just really curious to see who buys it And, and that will be you know a story in itself you know, it's it's funny when there's not shows and things to talk about, like the internet kind of takes over for all the interesting things. <laughs> true. You know, it's like this and and it's like reverb listings and YouTube posts and, and you know, wow. name announcements. We've got to entertain ourselves got. somehow because, yeah, yeah, it's quite a thing. And, you know, we Dan and I were talking about, you know, what we want to kind of talk about moving forward. And I, I don't think this week will be the episode where we start digging into those things. But I think for us, it's starting to kind of feel like, okay, let's, let's kind of shift gears and Mm. talk about planning and stuff. And, you know, as new announcements come out, we'll probably talk about gear because it seems to be something that people are into hearing about. And, um, but, you know, moving forward, we, we need to get back to business because that's, you know, what most of you guys are here for. And hopefully when things pick up, pick back up, we'll have more to talk about. Yeah. And we can see the light at the end of the tunnel here. So you know, it's time to start. It's time to start thinking about. You know, I think a lot of bands are in a moment of being able to rebrand, being able to rethink, and um, you know, that's right in our wheelhouse in terms of what we talk about on this podcast. So, yep. So, well, yeah. good stuff. So, one thing, a couple things. Let's do some house cleaning as we wrap up. 
want to uh, definitely do a review because, you know, that's something we've started doing. Um, I will say this. We had a very lovely review that we read um, a little while back that uh, said very, very nice things, but only gave us one star. Um, and it kind of hurt our overall rating. So um, if you haven't left a review for us and uh, you want to give us a five-star review, that would be super, super helpful. Um, but with that being said, we'll go ahead and do another one. This one was from earlier in 2020 from EROC1MG. Uh, the headline is People with Bands. Listen to this podcast. Real people and real bands with real issues. Lots of tips on how to move through the issues that are fairly common in all entertainment situations. These fellas do a great job. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks to EROC1MG for the uh, for the love. So yeah. if, uh, if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, it is very easy to do. Simply leave a review for us on uh, Apple Podcasts or on our uh, on the Facebook page, we could definitely use uh, a couple extra points just to get us back up in uh, good standings and optimize our search results. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then one last thing. It is, uh, we, we have not closed the donations to the Songs for Kids Foundation. So if you haven't done that, we will go ahead and drop... Um, the links to the PayPal and Venmo accounts in the show notes so that you can give us a little bit of money. I'd like to um, give them an extra 200 bucks. And I think that uh, between all the people who listen to the podcast and, um, you know, having a little extra money in your pocket, I think we could probably make that happen. So if you are feeling generous and you would like to um, help a, uh, a charity bring live music to kids in hospitals, uh, please consider donating to songs for kids so we can give them a little love, uh, at the beginning of this year. And that's all I got. Me too. Guys, thanks again for tuning in for all of your support. If you'd like to support us any more, you can do the things that Dan's about to say, but I will go ahead and call it for this week from Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. Enjoying the view of Adam behind his fancy new podium from Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 137. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash Cover Band Confidential, Instagram at Cover Band Confidential, and Twitter at Cover Band Confid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com. <laughs>